And welcome to Apartment 5, a podcast about science, STEM, and silly stories. We are four former college roommates who decided to get together and make a podcast, and today we are going to do something a little bit different. So, what? Yeah. Um, <gasps> I think we should start by introducing ourselves. My name is Jack. My name is Robbie. Hey, I'm Matt. And I'm Spencer. And so, in the past, the structure of our podcast has been this it's been we start with a little bit of back and forth about what's going on in our lives we go on to a couple stories uh related to science and then at the end we do some yahoo answers um talk a little bit about that tell you how to find us on social media and then we leave which has been a tried and true method so far oh it's been fantastic but we kind of decided you know like maybe you get your ears are getting a little bit stale and you, you got wanted, some stale ears. Yeah. You know, you left them out on the on the counter a little bit too long. Started to grow a little bit of mold. Um, and you want to hear something a little bit different. So today we are going to try two new segments for you. The first one we're going to do we're gonna, is going to be called Fight Night. Yeah. Ooh. It's as awesome as it sounds. Um, yes. So Fight Night is going to be this. We are going to choose two either animals or people or things or anything of that manner and just decide who would win in a fight. Uh, One of us will take the side of one of them. One of us will take the side of the other. Today, Robbie is taking the side of an average chimpanzee. No, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. (laughs) Not not an average chimpanzee. We're talking... Definitely an average chimpanzee. We're talking alpha male chimpanzee. Okay. All right, fine. So, like, all right, alpha male chimpanzee, sorry. Uh, and Matt will be taking the side of the strongest man in the world, uh, half Thor something or other. He's Julius he plays, Bjornsson. Yeah, he plays Brian. the mountain in Game of Thrones. That's probably where you know him from. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to... But he's also finishing the top three for world's strongest man. Yeah. Seven years in a row. So... Sounds like guys, Robbie. Guys He's pretty may strong. A, Robbie may have an uphill battle here, but we'll see. It seems, <laughs> I'm just saying the judges are already biased here. They're calling your competitor average. I I mean I was laughing that you said uphill battle for a guy named the Mountain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so they're gonna debate about that. Spencer and I are going to judge and decide who the winner is. And then after that, we are going to do another segment that we call, How Would it, That Work? How Would It Work? Something along that was How Would Something Work? And How Would That Work? We, yeah. Really refine the name down. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get to what that is when we, when we get there. Uh, but we're going to start off with Fight Night. So, as I said, Spencer and I are going to be the judges. Robbie, would you like to give your opening statement? Sure. Should I go through all the specs, or should I just give like kind of an opening remark? Yeah, just give your your opening remarks. What do you your your uh, inaugural statement? Yeah, so uh, the chimpanzee is a wild animal, and it clearly has an advantage in you know one on one combat. They're territorial in you know most situations with animals that they don't know, and they have a whole lot of advantages that. I don't think I really explained well when we talked last week, but I think now that I had some time to research, I got some pretty good information, and I think that a chimp versus half Thor would win most of the time. All right. Thank you, Robbie. Matt, would you like to give us your initial thoughts? I would, Jack. I would. So, as you may or may know, may not know, half Thor, Julius Bjornsson, is a really strong guy. He's basically the distilled version of pure muscle in modern society. He's like the vision of, like, a Viking god. Like Thor. Like Thor. He's If I I may call him half Thor. Uh, You also can call him... Half Thor. May I call you half Thor? 
<laughs> uh, you also can go to his website and get t-shirts <laughs> about uh, I'm training to fight the mountain. So the little market placement for him. So just in case I meet meet the, the great god himself. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt. Um, so... <laughs> I think we'll take it back to Robbie to give us your argument as to specifically why you think a chimpanzee would win in a fight most of the time against the mountain half Thor Julius Bjornsson. I would love to, and I'm going to do it with science. Ooh. So, give me that noise that we have, like, we, just yeah, a science noise. <laughs> we'll put in, like, a sting sound, just like. To, to really set the mood for yeah. the transition. <laughs> Cue science noise here. <laughs> All right, so why don't we start off with some basic just uh, chimpanzee anatomy. So for a male chimpanzee, they can range from about four foot three to five foot three tall. Uh, you know, which is, you know, at tallest, about as tall as, you know, a pretty short human. And they weigh between 88 and 150 pounds. So I think for the sake of the argument are you know, hypothetical chimpanzee will be the max. So five foot three, 150 pounds. Now chimps have massive canine teeth. They have 32 teeth and they have very powerful jaws. And that can be attributed to the expression of a gene called MYH16. Now, pretty much every ape has this gene active, which is why they have, you know, very large jaws. But for humans, it's a not an active gene, which is why our jaws are very small in comparison. Now, they have another gene related to their musculature. It's called ACTN3 that's expressed. Now, we have this gene too, but for most of us, it's not expressed. But for the people that do have it expressed, they are some of the most elite sprinters in the world. Um, There's kind of a saying that goes like, marathon runners are made, sprinters are born. You know, that's, that's pretty much the case because... With an elite sprinter, you have to have very specific musculature to even stand a chance so this, uh, in this an elite circuit. So chimpanzee is a sprinter, is what you're saying? Pretty much. And I'm going to get more to the speed of the chimp in a bit. But basically, I just wanted to set that in saying that chimps are really great in short bursts due to their musculature. They're very Usain Bolts. Yes, exactly. And I don't know if you guys saw that uh, the picture I sent of a hairless chimp. That thing was <laughs> jacked. Oh, yeah. Like... Way more muscular than you think it is. Did, oh, did you send that over Skype? No, I sent it in the messenger link. So uh, maybe check it out later. All right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about their strength. So I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here, but I will just for the sake of accuracy say that most apes don't, or well, chimps in this case, chimps don't have very strong chest muscles. Most of their strength all comes from pulling motions because when you think about it, they're climbing. They're pulling themselves up a lot. That's where their strength comes from. So I'm going to talk about two instances where they tried to measure uh, the pulling power of a chimp. So in 1923, uh, there was a former circus ape in the Bronx Zoo named Suzette. And it was estimated via a dynamometer that he was able to pull roughly 1,260 pounds. Wow. Now, is Suzette a boy? You know, now that I say that, I'm not sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds like a woman. <laughs> it's not, it was 1923. Yeah, you know, things were they different. They probably just, this name yeah, I'm not, this name I'm not saying you can't name a boy Suzette or a, a, a boy can't go by yeah. Suzette, but in 1923, that was definitely not the, the convention. All right. Well, anyway, so Suzette, a chimpanzee, gender unknown at the moment. Uh, the- was able to pull supposedly 1,260 pounds. It's like 10 times their weight. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. And then in 1926, there was another chimp in the Brock's Zoo named Boma. I'm almost positive this one was a male. Uh, who was able to pull 847 pounds one-handed. Now, I'm saying I, ne- I need to say this to be accurate. And that is to say that this is most likely inaccurate. Uh, you know, it was a very long time ago. It's hard to say how exactly they went about measuring it, how they fastened the dynamometer, but many recent studies have shown that chimps are able able to pull as much as the strongest humans, if not more, despite their smaller size. 
they're pound for pound stronger than humans and that's just that's just fact and according to evolutionary biologist alan walker chimps are roughly four times stronger than the average human of compared height and weight and i know that you know this theoretical monkey isn't facing the average human but i'm just setting that to you know kind of set the stage with that so much stronger than humans possibly up to four times possibly even more depending on the situation so now let's talk about speed so at full speed chimpanzees are estimated of being able to run at 25 miles per hour over the distance of 100 meters so that puts them at only you know a little slower than uh i don't know if you heard of this guy uh usain bolt world's fastest man who in his world record 100 meter dash uh, was running at 27.7 miles per hour uh, at his fastest segment, which I believe was between meters 60 to 80. Do you know how old he was when he did that? Because apparently he was like fairly young. He was like in like his early 20s. No, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Early 20s sounds right. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. It's like peak physical conditioning. Yeah. So chimps are pretty fast and, you know... We're talking about something that, you know, granted might only be five foot tall, but it's running at you at roughly the speed of the world's fastest human, and it's probably four times stronger than the average human. So, I don't care who you are, that's gonna hurt, and you're not gonna handle that well. So let's go a little bit more into behavior. So, chimpanzees are incredibly social species, they live in communities. I actually learned that, um, so the plural, or like the name for a group of chimpanzee is called a community. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and they range from 15 to 120 individuals. Uh, they're able to show a wide array of basic emotions, such as, you know, fear, anger, uh, joy, sorrow, stuff like that. And although that they can usually solve issues within their community without violence, they become very territorial among other communities. Now, the only known weakness of a chimp that I could find was water. And that sounds silly at first, but it actually makes some sense. So due to their how dense their bodies are and that impressive musculature, they're actually really poor swimmers. So, you know, especially them drowning is a real threat for them, especially if, you know, they're like traveling over rivers and stuff like that. So as long as <laughs> I know we were joking about it before we were recording, but as long as this theoretical fight doesn't happen, you know, like in the middle of the ocean, I think the chimp is going to win most of the time. And I think as far as like just a general overview, I think that's where I'll end with the chimp before we get into the fight. I looked up these naked chimp pictures. These guys are chiseled. Yeah, it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. They look like I can't eat. I don't even know. They're crazy. They're sick. They're looking <laughs> up naked chimpanzees. Where do they get Put those gains, though? Where do they get what? Where do they get those gains? They're, that's the thing. They're wild animals. They're constantly doing, like, they're training all day. They're foraging. They're sparring with each other. Uh, they're doing practical, functional uh, activities. Foraging doesn't sound like a great source of lots of calories to build muscle. But well, they do the have time, those, you know, like. They have those sweet, sweet genetics. Yeah. I guess. I mean, like, if we didn't have cars and we, like, walked or biked everywhere, that'd be, we'd be so fit. <laughs> yeah, we'd be fit, but we wouldn't be, like, rippling with muscle. Well, maybe we've used we'd our be, arms to climb be, everywhere. we walking machines. But they don't, they don't walk a lot, right? I mean, they're chimpanzees. They're, like, climbing and swinging in the air. I mean, actually, uh, when looking it up, they do spend most of their time on the ground on all fours. Um, oh, okay. They usually, and that, like I said, uh, foraging and stuff like that. They do nest in trees most of the time. Um, but no, they spend a lot of time on the ground moving on all fours. Um, hmm. And that's part of the reason why, you know, like they're so fast on the ground. They're using all their limbs to propel themselves. Interesting. Yeah. All right. For well, sure. that was that was awesome. Robbie, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Matt, I think it's your turn to give us your argument as to why Half Thor, whatever his name is, the mountain, would win in a fight most of the time with a chimpanzee. Well, uh, since we're talking about a specific person, you know, we can't just make a clean cut, this is a human and this is a chimpanzee, because 
an average human wouldn't stand a chance against chimpanzee, but we're not talking about a, just a normal human. We're talking about like a demigod here, <laughs> a half god, <laughs> if you will. If you will. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, he was born in Iceland, uh, in the capital, which I can't pronounce because it's a bunch Reykjavik? of crazy letters put together. Reykjavik. It's Reykjavik. Reykjavik, right? That wasn't Reyk- so crazy. Reykjavik. Yeah. I, I missed that verse part. It's, but anyway, he used to play <laughs> basketball and he played center, actually. Really? Uh, for about for about four years. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, did not know that. That's how that's how he started his like sporting career. Um, but he developed a like uh, fracture on like his like ankle and ah. uh, he didn't notice. And he played for like 10 games with this fracture and he still kept playing. And then he's like. Oh, maybe I shouldn't play like this anymore. But <laughs> and then he decided to be the world's strongest man. Because um, that's a decision that, someone makes. Yeah, yeah. It was actually more of like a an, – it was sort of like an accident that he sort of joined. Um, he, he he got like deeply involved with it. His buddy – his name is Magnus Verm Magensen. He was running an event and he was there was like a basically like an empty slot. And he's like, hey – I'll, I'll let you join in the event at short notice. So he's like, without any training, he like won one of the events and like he got like an Iceland, one of the Icelandic records. And like, he, it was sort of just like stumbled into it, but then he was like really good at it. So he won the contests for the world's strongest man in Iceland, 2010, 2011, um, all of Europe in 2014, 2015, 2017, and 2018, and then all of the world in 2018. Oh, he's also the world's strongest Viking, and that was in 2015. Um, now, probably could have if you don't mind me asking, the other events. yes. If you don't mind me asking, what constitutes being the strongest Viking? Because I know like the general like strongman challenges, but what's like constitutes being the strongest Viking? Yeah, I was trying to find out. You more. have to row your boat to the strongest Gently down of the stream. <laughs> merrily 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 so basically he had to carry a lot of weight a lot of distance um oh is that what he carried that log yeah you know he had to carry, it's sort of like a icelandic tradition where they have to carry like like this massive weight i think it's uh, the record was it's like a log that's like 10 meters long and it was 650 kilograms or about a uh, thousand because now we know we're in the U.S. Uh, 1,430-pound log. Um, he did it for five steps. But he walked five steps with a 10-meter log that weighed like a almost, well, whatever a ton is. But anyway, less than a ton. Uh, 1,430 pounds. Um, breaking a thousand-year-old record set by, like, another Viking. <laughs> like, so when actual Vikings were the around. old record carved on a stone inside a castle? Yeah, how do they know that record? Know, probably. Well, actually, it was in one of the Icelandic saga books, so that's like ancient text. <laughs> in like retrospect, because they used to write all of their tales and like sagas and whatnot. Um, so basically, he's better than someone in the Viking Bible. Right. Yeah. It's pretty um, impressive. That is pretty impressive. Uh, he can do the squats and the bench presses pretty well. Uh, <laughs> And the deadlifts. And, I mean, there's a whole bunch of numbers that you can see, and I don't think it would be good for our audience just for me to list all the numbers. Yeah. But it's fairly impressive. Um, one thing to point out, he did, broke the world record for the, the rogue elephant bar deadlift, which is like a it's – a, it's a deadlift, but the bar is white. Slight, but you is wear like, rogue clothing, and you pickpocket yeah. people while you deadlift. <laughs> and you wear tusks. You have advantage on uh, stealth checks. Yeah. While deadlifting. Uh, <laughs> while deadlifting, yeah. So stealthy. Um, and he pickpocketed 1,041 gold pieces. Uh, no, it was that's that's how many pounds that he lifted, and that broke the world record by, like, I think it was, like, 20-something pounds. So, yeah, he's, like, jacked. Um, oh, and just his, his stats. Uh, he's 6 foot uh, 9 inches, and he's between 450. 440 pounds. Um, That's a so big boy. He didn't make it as a basketball center. That's pretty short for a center. 6'9"? Yeah. 
Yeah. You got to be at least 6'10 to be a center. Yeah. I also like that he went from being uh, a basketball player and then two years later, the strongest man in Iceland. <laughs> well, no, 10 years. 10 years. Well, oh, yeah, two years for Iceland. Yeah. 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 It was like just career change. I mean, <laughs> goal, hashtag goals. Uh, so, anyway, I mean, he's probably, you know, speed wise, I don't think he's super fast. I know he's like, I mean, he must have like good, like explosive, like sprint movements, like short distance, but he's not like a long distance sort of movement runner in my, in just my, just an estimation of what he could be. I don't know. There's a lot of 400 pound elite distance runners out there. You're saying you've never personally seen half Thor run run like a, a half marathon. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. I, uh, so I have no evidence on that. And he's probably weak to most human living things, except, you know, gravity, because he, like, just forces it back with just his eyes. Uh, that doesn't sound anyway. very scientific. <laughs> yeah, no. that doesn't sound accurate. <laughs> forces uh, gravity back with his eyes. No, I'm just trying to sell it. Farts and magnets disappear. <laughs> exactly. That's science. Yeah, and that's um you can look up some videos on YouTube to see Half Thor. I last time I tried opening this link and playing a video while recording and Skyping with y'all, uh it like shut the network down. So I'm not gonna I'm just yeah, gonna so not maybe, click maybe that not, link. Maybe not but, do that. Maybe not now. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, he's he's definitely holding back in his fights. Because like, and if you've seen Game of Thrones, I know that's all. Uh, I guess I guess you call it HBO, but you still call it Hollywood. Where spoiler alert, he crushes some guy's skull. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's a tough guy. There's no more accurate strength feat than something in a fictional show. <laughs> Truth. Dude, I believe it. I mean, he probably could. I mean, the like, skull's not barehanded or with a weapon. Barehanded. barehanded. I bet he could do it barehanded. Yeah. Two mm. hands together. I bet we could prove it too with these numbers. <laughs> the guy can bench press 507 pounds. He could definitely crush a skull. Yeah, I think Probably. 507 pounds would crush a skull. Um, yeah. All right. Because I mean, so, like the bone shape. Yeah, it could probably break. So Matt, is that a? First of all, who is like clinging together aluminum cans? Oh, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? It sounds like you're you're begging just, for change on the side of the street. <laughs> just doing some recycling, you know, take care of the environment. Mid podcast. for that. <laughs> Multitasking. So, uh, second, uh, Robbie, do you have anything you would like to rebut? Is that a word? Can you? Is that a verb? Rebute. Rebute. I don't think it's a verb. Rebute. Like, you know, yeah. you never rebuttal. Yeah, it's, it's rebuttal time is what I'm trying to say. Robbie, what would you like to oh. respond with? Okay, yeah. So I have a couple things to say, actually. Uh, so first off, definitely I, I'm not trying to downplay Half Thor's uh, uh, stats or his accomplishments because that is super, super impressive. But my whole argument for why the chimp would win over Half Thor is that Half Thor's stats, most of the time from what I can understand, are not going to be helpful in a fight situation. And here's why. So, he can tire deadlift over a thousand pounds. You know, that's awesome. But, how is that going to help you in a fight against something that's, one, smaller than you, two, way faster than you, three, more agile than you? He he's super big and lumbering and in a lot of the situations where you've seen him do like mock fights for boxing and like mixed martial arts, which I actually included links to, he's not really able to get a super good handle on these guys. He's really only tanking hits. And the thing with the fight with a chimp is that he's not going to be tanking hits. The chimp's going to go in and do some lethal damage either in the form of biting like a major muscle uh swiping at his face uh getting on his back and like just totally messing him up he just doesn't have the practical experience in a life or death fight like this is what i'm getting at whereas a chimp is 
born in the wild, raised in the wild. If it's an alpha chimp, he had to fight his way to the top to be the leader of his community. He's battle-hardened. Hafthor is the strongest man, and he does play someone in, you know, Game of Thrones named the Mountain. But that's just not practical in a fight like this. So I say, you know, based on past experience and just general quickness, agility, and just more options, the chimp's just going to win. All right, Matt, how do you respond? Well, I would think that Hafthor would win in most situations just because of the strength he has. I mean, the chimp, of course, can remove, move around a lot faster, um, but the sheer strength of half thor if he gets a like a hold on the chimp and like pins him there's little of no chance of getting out like if he gets a, a single hand on the chimp like it's gonna be really hard for the chimp to like go and if thor, if half thor just overcomes like the clawing and the biting of like the early game he could o- overtake the chimp easily in the long run probably he probably wouldn't last as long as just a counter um, to myself just because if the chimp is just coming at him all the time and like doing quick in and out kind of fighting. But if the chimp makes one mistake that half is going to finish him like that. All right. Robbie, would you like to respond? Yeah. So, I mean, I think Matt makes a good point. Most of, in my mind, the ways that half would win in this situation do come from him just overpowering the chimp mainly by grabbing but the thing is i just don't see a situation where the chimp is going to make it easy for half thor to grab him without the chimp doing some serious damage and i wanted to i didn't know when to bring these up but and i'm not going to get into specifics because i'm not trying to you know like i'm not trying to make examples out of victims but there have been cases, some fairly recent cases probably that you guys remember, of chimps causing serious bodily harm, permanently disabling or disfiguring people. They're just ridiculously fast and unpredictable. And I didn't write this down, but it's also been suggested in studies that chimpanzees don't really know how to control their strength as well as maybe a human does, so sometimes they'll use more effort than is needed. And that's where a lot of these, you know, unfortunate situations come from is that they just kind of escalate because the chimp can't necessarily control itself as well. So all the chimp has to do is, you know, the chimp can easily like take a few fingers, easily break a hand. And if he runs at half Thor at 25 miles an hour, Like, I don't care how much you weigh, you're getting knocked over. And if that chimp gets on top of him and just starts, like, going at his face, there's little that Hafthor can do, in my opinion, in that situation. Okay. Matt, anything you want to say? I mean, at most, the chimp weighs 150 pounds. And if it did run at him at, you know, 27 miles an hour, I mean, that's pretty fast and there is some force. But I think, you know... Hafthor can take it. Um, mm, mm, I, I don't want to interrupt your rebuttal, but I really doubt that. I, I don't think you realize how fast. So let's let's we'll put it this way. So I'm about 140 pounds. So less than this chimp. If I and I am not a sprinter, um, so I am not nearly as fast as the chimp. But if I sprint at something roughly as high and roughly as heavy as half Thor at full sprint. And I get it at high enough of an angle. And we know that chimps have some serious ups. It's going down (laughs) there. You can see all these videos of just like, you know, like geese, geese weigh like 20 pounds. And if a geese flies into you, it's easily knocking you over. You know what I mean? I think you underestimate how much force is between is how much force is behind something that heavy moving that fast. Matt? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I think it's got you on that one. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, and there's not much I can say. I mean, if yeah, I mean, if you do jump at him, like half the arc, he'll just take the hit. Not saying he'll survive, but um, oh, I'm not saying that half Thor is like gonna be killed by the impact. No way. I'm just saying that like definitely, definitely just like gonna a be bullet being shot. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely gonna be thrown off his game. I mean, I don't, I don't have a rebuttal. I mean, that's just yeah, it is what it is. Okay. All right. I mean. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you What do you want me to say? I mean, like, I, I, I mean, think... I, personally, I this is not my argument, but I can think of some things I would say. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to add? I think I'm good. If you guys, if like you and Spencer, just want to kind of like give your opinions. All right, uh, Spencer, do you have uh, any thoughts on this? Hmm. I. I mean. <laughs> We're, we're completely discounting the argument of intelligence as well. And so, like, humans didn't rise to the top of the food pyramid by just being ridiculously strong. We were also smart and crafty. And so, Half Thor, I mean, he probably doesn't have a PhD, but I think he's more intelligent than a chimpanzee. So yeah, yeah I, but this, this mm. so I feel like he would be able to more utilize his surroundings to kind of play to his advantages. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I think one thing we can think about is you know the different situations that these fights could happen in. You know, maybe maybe Half Thor was on a safari and he's walking through a jungle. That's not where s- safaris happen, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he happens upon a chimpanzee in the wild and in that situation i think the chimpanzee probably has the upper hand but like at the same time if he was able to prepare for this fight i think it'd be a whole nother story uh yeah if he knew the chimp was coming yeah he could probably use some stuff also like if the chimp is flying at him like if it, if it was sprinting at him and jumped he's all able to get out of the way i mean like he could kind of sidestep and throw the chimp or hit him or something um not that any of that would definitely happen. It's just a thought. So, Matt, one of your facts about Half Thor was that I'm calling him Half Thor as if we're on a first name basis. The mountain uh, was that he can yeah, deadlift. He's, he's uh, a good friend of mine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he can deadlift 1,041 pounds. But Robbie mentioned that chimpanzees were measured to be able to pull 1,260 pounds, which, if you can do the math, is more. Um, <laughs> Although it, that's 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 a math major right there. That's right, yeah. yeah. Inequalities. <laughs> uh, so Half Thor does have a greater ability to push. He can push up to five hundred and seven pounds. Does Half Thor have any stats of like rowing or like pulling stuff? I mean, like deadlift is more of a lift. It's not really pulling. Deadlift and, he does, and rowing is almost the, the same the, movement. The strongest man competitions do have like a pulling aspect. Yeah, a deadlift. I mean, is more a of pull. like an. But it's kind of, it's like a hip hinge. I'm saying like something where he's like rowing. I'm talking more like specifically like back and bicep, which I know, yeah, deadlift does that too, but you know what I mean. Yeah, there's like strength, like competitions where you're just like pulling something like with a rope. So there are just like those kind of, yeah, just like back and bicep yeah. strength. Yeah, Matt doesn't have it here, but there are definitely records of like the amount he can pull in different situations. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the chimp probably has him on that. <laughs> I should reiterate again that number is probably inaccurate. It was from almost a hundred years ago, but you know, more recent things have shown that a chimp is at least probably about four times stronger than the average human. It can pull a ton, and it probably can pull more than a half Thor. At least in my opinion, again, like it's hard to gauge strength feats of a chimp because it's like you can't just get a chimp to lift weights. Uh, it's not doesn't really work like that, right? A lot of this is is conjecture, and I do acknowledge that. So, based on the arguments that you have both made, I'm gonna give this a rating out of ten. Or I guess no, I'll yeah. I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it this way. So, I'll give it odds. So maybe like six to four or seven to three or something like that. Um, I think. 
based on the argument that Robbie laid out for all the advantages that a chimpanzee has and all the things that Matt said and the fact that he's a human and is probably more intelligent, uh, I'm probably going to say that the chimpanzee will win six out of six to four. That's my that's my verdict. Oh, man. You stole the numbers I was going to use. Ah. I also thought six out of four. So, like, I think Hathor would win. Not, not six out of four. Or six <laughs> to four. He will win 150% of the time. <laughs> that's that's some success rate right there. <laughs> no, I, f- I feel like he could win, but in just, like, circumstances where, like, he catches the chimp. Or is this, like, able to kind of use the terrain to his advantage and kind of, like, outthink the chimp? Yeah. But I feel like if we're, like, if they're just, like, a parking lot, just throwing down <laughs> one-on-one. As you do. You know, as fights happen. <laughs> clearly never been in one. <laughs> but, uh, I feel up. like then the chimp would win. 6-4? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 6-4. Six, six All right, so... It has been decided. Da, 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 da. Uh, chimpanzee <laughs> six to four uh, is going to win, so it's going to win most of the time. Not that half Thor sixty percent of the time uh, they win every time, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. It's been it's been settled. Yeah, um, I do quickly just want to say thank you to Alex, my friend Alex, for coming up with this idea for having a, a fight night. I haven't told him that we were going to do it on the podcast, oh. um, but uh, that's all right. We'll have to give him some royalties. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're making money? <laughs> don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, don't you know, like Disney and everyone is sponsoring us. It worked. <laughs> All those plugs. I gotta say, I'm really surprised. I didn't think I would convince you guys. I gotta I be mean, objective. You had some good arguments. I, I think if Matt had done it differently, I think I could have been persuaded to go with Half Thor, but... Yeah. This, seeing those videos of naked chimps, too. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. You've done well, Matt. You were a worthy competitor. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were a good opponent. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. So uh, now we are going to go on to our second new segment, which we are calling F- "Not Fight Night." That's what we just did. Um, we are calling "How Would That Work?" And the subject of today's "How Would That Work?" is from the popular animated TV show uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. And the question or the situation we're trying to resolve is how would Appa, the giant flying bison, be able to fly? Uh, And so I'm going to hand it over to Spencer to give us some uh, initial thoughts. All right. So, you know, as you're watching the show, you see Appa and you're like, there's no way. Appa can fly. Which is exactly what Sokka says. Yeah, even Sokka and Katara are like, there's no way this thing can fly. Spencer, for people who maybe haven't seen the show, can you give just like, can you describe Appa? Appa Appa's a thick boy. He is (laughs) a six-legged bison (laughs) that, so I kind of estimate his height based off pictures and uh, using some of the the human characters that's like a scale and so my estimation is that Appa's 15 feet tall 35 feet long he's just got a huge barrel chest (laughs) and he's just one big ball of mass and muscle and fur and probably lots of fur yeah lots of fur yeah I gotta say that those numbers that you said for your estimates were pretty close to the ones that I read on like reddit yeah and so there's an episode also in the show where Appa flips over two tanks <laughs> simultaneously with his horns. And so I kind of guesstimated the tank's weight, too. They look relatively primitive, so I assumed they would be most like analogous to like World War I light tanks. And the lightest light tank from World War I 
is the the Renault FT. It's a French tank, and it weighs six and a half tons. So basically, Appa probably just like lifted with his neck and just completely. He didn't just like tip over. He like threw thirteen tons of tanks at once. I think so Appa should be in the next fight night. I was gonna say he'd yeah. totally take out a chimpanzee. So, <laughs> and half Thor. And both of them. <laughs> yeah. So Appa's he's meaty. He's got some mass. So we were trying to analyze how could that he fly. So how much mass does he actually have, do you think? Yeah, so went over his size, fifteen feet tall, thirty-five feet long. And so the largest land animal you know, in real life, is the African bull elephant. And it can reach 13 feet tall, so not as tall as Appa. And they're only like 25 feet long, so not as long as Appa. And they can reach 23,000 pounds. So Appa's longer, has shorter legs, so like more of that kind of, that height is taken up by like actual animal and not just empty (laughs) space underneath the elephant's stomach. His organ case. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's got more girth, <laughs> and he's got the length. So, I estimate that Appa weighs somewhere around like 30,000 pounds, kind of 15 tons. That's a lot of Appa. It is a lot of bison. A lot of bi- to, it's to a lot of bison airborne. to love. <laughs> yeah. Well, Appa is one of the best characters in Avatar, for sure, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they mentioned in the show that the flying bison can easily reach 10 tons, and so 15 tons, it's more than that, but it's not too far out of the realm that you don't think like something... Yeah, yeah it's big. not unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I said in our group chat, it's like, that, that was just something that I think Aang said one time, like, kind of in passing, and I mean, yeah. Avatar, yeah. Avatar, for those who haven't seen it, it's a fantasy adventure show like supposedly you know kind of taking place in an era like in case you thought it was a documentary yeah Yeah. (laughs) similar to how it would have been maybe like a thousand years ago maybe with some like technological advancements for sure and magic they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah and magic but they wouldn't really have a way to measure or weigh one of these bison so you know if it's off by like five tons, I honestly think Spencer's estimate is probably more accurate just based on what we can yeah. infer from like real world animals for the yeah. point of this discussion. I mean, Aang is like 12 anyway, so what does he know, right? Yeah, Aang's an idiot. We're, we're definitely smarter than Aang. <laughs> and so if we assume Appa weighs about 15 tons, did a little Newtonian physics... And so just to counteract gravity and just, like, just start to get off the ground, not even, like, launch and, like, jump up into the air, but just to counteract gravity, you need 133 kilonewtons of force. And so just to put that into perspective, the Pratt & Whitney F-100 engine, which is what powers, like, the F-16 and the F-15 fighter jets, can achieve 130 kilonewtons on full afterburner, just dumping as much fuel as possible into the engine. So just one of those would just, like, barely get Appa off the ground. And so to actually, like, launch with, like, people on top of him, he would probably need just, like, two fighter jet engines to make Appa fly. Speaking of people on top of Appa, there's a little bit more to flight than just like applying a force. That force comes from somewhere and it's from the air. Now, if you study airplanes, um, you'll know about this thing called an airfoil, which is basically... I thought you were, <laughs> were going to say, if you study airbending, then you if should you know. If you study airbending, then you should know this already. Um, but in airplanes, if you look at the cross section of, of the wing... It, it makes what they call an air foil, which is the the shape of the wing. And the idea behind it is that um, you want to create a pressure difference on the wing where you have a greater pressure below the wing and a lower pressure above such that it creates a, an upward force with the, the, the air, which we call lift. Um, and to do that, on a regular wing, you have a flat bottom and a curved... I think they call it a camber. I'm going to call it the top part. Um, 
So the top part is curved and the bottom part is flat such that the top part has a, a longer distance to go. And so what happens is the air ends up moving faster along the top than it does on the bottom. Now, if you happen to look at a picture of Appa, he's fairly flat on the bottom. Uh, he's got a pretty decent-sized cross-sectional area on his tail, not to mention his barrel belly. Um, and you could, I guess, kind of make the argument that yeah. his... He's, he's got a barrel belly, but his whole body is belly. Yeah. So <laughs> He's it's, basically just a giant belly with legs. It's kind of flat on the bottom if he, like, tucks his legs in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the argument could be made that he's sort of kind of airfoil like such i mean he's got a it it's a longer distance along his top than it is on his bottom so he could as he moves be making uh a pressure differential now that yeah. pressure differential he, that he he's needs, taller up front too and then it like tapers yeah. as he goes back yeah so he would need uh a pressure a pressure differential of 4600 Pascals, that was the term I'm looking for, which was about like 0.7 PSI or something like that. Now, here's the issue okay. with that. Um, to have a lower pressure on top, there needs to be a lot of air moving along Oppa's back, which is where everybody sits when they're riding on him. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a couple ways this could be rectified, given the, the laws of this universe. Um, the first is that uh, Appa is an airbender. The the uh, the flying bison were the original airbenders, so he can just probably give himself a big gust of wind underneath to just kind of keep him up in the air. Um, and he would need you know a lot of force to do that, but it's doable. Um, Hundred and thirty kilonewtons of force. Yeah, he could also um, remove some of the air from his back. <laughs> Where, where Aang and Katara and Sokka are sitting. <laughs> just kind of create a little bit of a vacuum up there. Uh, I don't think that's what happens, just based on the kind of scenes that I've seen with Appa in them. But given the f that he has the ability to control air and, you know, is an airbender, I think if he could move the air in the correct way and sort of position himself in a way that he's creating lift, I think he could do it. I wonder how fast he would have to, like, travel in the air. If we assume he, like, he is, like, an airfoil to actually generate that much lift. Yeah. Like, would he have to be going, like, 200 miles an hour? I mean, we can also probably assume that he's moving the air so that he doesn't actually have to be moving. Like, his ground speed doesn't have to be that big. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it would be pretty massive. Although, like, the more area, and I estimated that he has uh, a cross-sectional area between his belly and his uh, his tail of, like, 30 square meters. That was just an estimate for me kind of looking at him and trying to figure it out. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty decent amount of space. Yeah, it is. So pretty fast, but considering that he can, you know, move the air, he can probably pull it off. And he does. Can we talk about this this family tree that you put on here, Spencer? <laughs> it's very so good. It you didn't even know. Extensively researched. So I was, you know, researching Appa, trying to figure out height, you know, weight, feats of strength, that kind of thing. And I came across this family tree of Appa that just impressed me with its thoroughness, <laughs> its attention to detail, and just... It was, this is amazing. So I had to, I had to share it with the group. So I'll, I'll describe it. So at the top, we got Appa's mother. And that's it. He doesn't have a father. He's got a mom. So Appa, Immaculate Conception, maybe. I was going to say, I didn't know that Sky Bison reproduced my budding. Yeah. So then as far as siblings, you got Appa. And then we have four siblings all of which are unknown. <laughs> so, are they are they boys? Are they girls? You know, no one knows. So, you know, Appa's mom, Appa, and four unknown siblings is the last of the Sky Bisons. It's the best family tree I've ever seen. 
Now, when people, I, I feel like people always say, you know, one of the things that makes Avatar The Last Airbender so good is like just kind of the fleshed out world. <laughs> I'm going to point them to this family tree and be like, what do you what do you make of this, huh? <laughs> Clearly, they were slacking a little bit in the animal relative department. <laughs> uh, for sure. If you haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, it's a fantastic show and you should go watch it. It's available yeah. now on Blu-ray. Yeah, this this episode is sponsored by Avatar and Nickelodeon. Nick- yeah, Nickelodeon. <laughs> no, it's sponsored by Appa. Yep, yep. Hooray! Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, do we have anything else we want to put in here, or are we good? I don't know, dude. I'm sweating so bad. <laughs> it's right. hotter no, than a, it. It's harder than a Fire Nation naval ship out here. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Apartment 5, a podcast about science, STEM, and silly stories. Um, Let us know what you thought of our new segments, Fight Night, and how would that work. Um, We'd love to know what you think. So we have some social media that I'm going to tell you all about. Uh, Primarily, we post these episodes on SoundCloud, so you can get there going to uh, the URL bit.ly forward slash Apartment 5 podcast. We have a Facebook page called Apartment 5 Podcast. Our Twitter handle is at APT5Podcast, um, and our email address is apartment5podcast at gmail.com. All of those are the number five, not the written out word five. Some people we want to thank are James Wegman of Wegman Studios for creating our awesome logo. It's the one you're probably looking at right now, looking at our social media pages. So thanks, James. I also want to thank DJ Quads uh, for... letting us use his song fun time for our intro and outro music uh if you liked you can leave a review we're on itunes we're on soundcloud we're on that other one probably what is it breaker breaker we're on breaker breaker niner breaker niner uh yeah thank you everybody uh that was a podcast bye bye, bye. bye.